Blog Talk Radio. And now, around the world and around the corner, it's the David Bowers Awards, bringing the best in indie music to millions of listeners worldwide with your host, the David Bowers. We've got a fantastic lineup of guests, as well as our engineer extraordinaire, Nick the Geek, our entire crew here at the Asylum, and me, I'm John Bon Jovial. And now, here's the voice of indie music, the David Bowers. What a wonderful day it is today. I hope you're all doing well. Welcome to the David Bowers Award Show, the show that every show is an award show, and we're heading into that time of year that gave us this brilliant idea. There are so many award shows, and you'll be seeing over the next three or four months or so, it's one on top of the other. There's so many now. Why the heck shouldn't we make every show an award show? So we did. Yeah, yeah. Somebody does something stupid or incredibly great, we give them an award. And the neat part is our guests and you, the listeners, can participate too by telling us who you think should get an award. Uh, it's simple. Uh, drop us a line, an email to david at thedavidbowers.com. Put the word awards in the subject line and tell me who you think should get an award and why. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll use it on the air. And uh, maybe we'll get John Bon Jovial to send you cash. I don't know. You never know what's going to happen around the air. Uh, David, I I just want to let you know, I send cash to anybody that wants it with no strings attached on the seventh Tuesday of every month. Well, there you go. See, it's possible. You could uh, just get get on, everybody. You could get some cash out of it if you wait till the seventh Tuesday of any month, and uh, good luck to you on that one. Uh, I think I've been waiting for a while myself. But, hey, we want to take a second also to thank our good friends at Titty Bingo, who are due to make a return appearance here pretty soon. It's been a while since we've had them on the show. They provide us with our theme music to the David Bowers Awards, and they also do a heck of a lot of good rock and roll on their own. Uh, check them out. And tittybingo.com. And remember, it's always time to play Titty Bingo. This is the show where we have nothing but awards, and we've got a big one today, including the finals of our Stuart Epps Free Mix Award show. And we'll be talking with Mr. Epps in a little while, and it's going to affect the second hour of the show, and also running down our runners up and announcing the winner of the Free Mix Award from Stuart Epps. That'll be coming up a little bit later. Right now, we want to take a second to uh, shout out to a couple of friends. Uh, Keep your uh, notepads or your uh, PDAs or your however you keep your notes. Keep them handy because you might want to write down a couple of these. First, a shout out to uh, previous uh, The David Bowers Show, The David Bowers Award Show guest, Nikki Chris whose new single is going to be released just before Thanksgiving, Tuesday, November 24th. You can follow Nikki Chris at NikkiChris.com. That's N-I-C-K-I-K-R-I-S.com, as well as on Twitter and Facebook. And uh, drop her a line and ask her what the name of the song is going to be. Find out what the name of her new release is going to be, okay? She'd love to hear from you. Also, want to uh, shout out to Fight for Rome, band from Rome, New York, who are having their CD release party for their new release, Live is All We Know, 
That'll be held at a place called The Mill in Rome, New York, this coming Saturday night, the 14th. And the best part of it all, there is no cover charge. It's free. So uh, those of you up in central New York like some some good old rock, get on down to The Mill and check that one out uh, this Saturday night. And you can also check them out on Twitter, Facebook, and on Reverb Nation at fightforrome.com. Like I said, we've got some great guests, some great awards today. So be sure to log into our Blog Talk Radio chat room. And remember, if you've got questions or comments, you can call in and talk with us or our guests at 347-945-7137. And don't forget, tweet your comments on, uh, on Twitter at hashtag TDBA, as in the David Bowers Awards. John Bon Jovial, over to you. Yes, sir. Thanks, David. Listen, before I uh, get into some of the business at hand here, I just want to thank uh, Nick Rogers, Nick the Geek, our engineer extraordinaire, for filling in for me last month while I had the unmitigated gall of taking some vacation time. So, Nick, thank you very much for that. Uh, We just want to remind you that if you'd like to participate in this show, we would absolutely love to have you call us and call into us today. The phone number is area code 347-945-7137. You can log into our chat room on Blog Talk Radio as well. Talk to our guests and ask them your own questions. So we've got coming up on the David Bowers Awards, Chicago Rockers, Villa Avenue, who have worked with Grammy Award-winning producer Stuart Epps and our first guest country star, Michael Ray Robinson. David. Absolutely. Thank you very much, John Bon Jovial. And off the top of the show first, let me say hello to some of the uh, couple of the guests in the uh, chat room right now, one of which uh, is Cindy from Lady Lake Music, with whom we've worked several times. We've uh, had uh, several of Lady Lake's agents on the show. Great people, great talents, and great music. Check them out. Again, all the usual places. Uh, Cindy, Lady Lake Music. Also want to say hello to Douglas Coleman, checking in from the Douglas Coleman Show. You can find him online at Douglas Coleman Show. Also, also I'll say hello to guest number 749. If you don't have a Blog Talk Radio account, you are more than welcome to log in for free, get a Blog account, Blog Talk Radio account for free, and log into our chat room. It's just that they will log you in as a number rather than a name. Looking forward to having you all on the show. Right now, we're going to go to our first guest of the day, country star from Texas. This man has traveled a long road, had... Uh, had some severe speed bumps along the way, especially in trying to get his first song studio recorded and put out there for you to hear. We're going to play that song for you right now because it's a touching song, and he'll be along in the, right after it to uh, tell us all about it, what it means to him, and why it is so important. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, here is Mama Used to Sing by Michael Ray Robinson. Mama always said 
one day we'd all be laid down that golden path to heaven. Lord, I pray she never Uh, 
I want to play it for a lot of times, but obviously it's a song that uh, is after someone has passed. And so I changed the lyrics there for a while so that I could sing it for her. And then uh, she developed lung cancer and she was treated for that. They removed, removed part of her lung and she was doing really well. And then they discovered pancreatic cancer. And unfortunately, pancreatic cancer is a, a much more serious diagnosis. And so uh, Doc Holliday planned to have me come to Nashville uh, actually two years ago, and we'd run into one obstacle after another trying to get down there. And then finally, while she was uh, sick, we had another plan to get down there, and of course that fell through. But on her deathbed, I was there with her when she passed away. She wanted to make sure that I did get down there. And I promised her that I would, so uh, this year in June, I was contacted by Doc, and we were able to get down there, and it was released July 19th. Fantastic. Uh, it, was a, it was a long, hard haul, but you finally got it done, and uh, I, I'm, I'm so glad for you personally, because I know I was Thanks. I was talking to you from back when you started the uh, the haul to try to get it recorded, and the uh, the glitches, the speed bumps, and all the problems that happened along the way. You persevered, and it was well worth the wait. Congratulations. We're so glad you were able to get it done, and we're happy to share Thank it you. with our listeners. You're very welcome, Michael. What uh, what have you been doing since the song was finally released? Well, we've been uh, doing a few shows here and there. We're planning on uh, going back, hopefully going back to Nashville. We may do it in another in another way, but uh, we have a couple more songs. The original song I was supposed to record with, with Doc was a love song that I wrote for my wife, and I want to still get that one done and released. And then there's a song about my dad that I'm hoping to get released as well. A couple of other songs that I think are pretty meaningful. Most of the music that I write, uh, it comes from life experience or the things that I observe around me, and and I want to kind of get those out there. I think that they all, uh, almost all the songs have a pretty strong message to them and, and uh, have a lot of meaning for me. Um, it's uh, uh, been planning on maybe uh, Extreme Tour has contacted me again about touring with them during the summer, and I'm thinking about doing that as well. But uh, right now we're just kind of on a break and uh, waiting to see how the song does. It's been picked up around the world by several different radio stations, and we're just hoping to see that continue. I know. I've I've caught some of the posts, some of your posts, and uh, some of the others from people in uh, various parts of the world that have noticed the song being uh, picking up airplay at different stations around the world, both uh, broadcast and internet. And of course we have, uh, we have our internet uh, partners who carry the show on podcast, including, and uh, every time I do this without a cheat sheet, I, uh, I'm afraid I'm going to forget somebody, but the uh, networks, you'll find us on uh, iTunes. We're also carried by, uh, uh, okay, we're <laughs> we're carried by the 365 Internet Radio Network. We're carried by BFM, and uh, <laughs> gosh, we got to get some cue cards here so I don't 
so I can remember all oh, of these. We're starting to get, but there's several networks that carry us, and we post them frequently online, so you'll be able to find it. If you can't find a network that carries our show on podcast, you can always find it at Blog Talk Radio, the same address as today's show, or you can just go to the generic address, which is blogtalkradio.com slash the David Bowers, and there you'll find all of our shows. You can play any of them or all of them. You can download them. It's all free. We want you to. We want to share with you, Michael. What have you got coming up music-wise as far as recording? Do you have some uh, future recordings uh, in mind? Are you working on some music? Well, right. Actually, we we uh, like I say we've got a the original song we were supposed to record. It's called Baby It's You. We're wanting to get that one done. Uh, right now we're just like say we're kind of on a break and and seeing how this one does and uh, actually this one is available on iTunes and Spotify and iHeartRadio and all the major download sites it's available even in, on Cynthia Africa and uh, the part of the proceeds for that are going to go to research for pancreatic cancer it's it's one that doesn't get a lot of attention because of the, the medical field they feel like it's a hopeless diagnosis so uh, like I say, the next one's going to be Baby It's You. Um, looking to work with another producer that's out of Nashville and uh, his team, and we're gonna. I'm going to be contacting him. Probably going to wait until after the first of the year before we really move forward with anything else. Fantastic, and uh, hopefully you'll give us a shout, and uh, we can get you on the show to uh, to debut the the new single when it's ready. We look forward to that. Absolutely. And I understand John Bon Jovial looks like he's sitting there. Uh, I think he's past the pregnant pause to the point where he's got a question he's trying to chew off there. Tell us about it. What you got for us, well, John? That, that, that pregnant pause already gave birth. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I just wanted to um, I want to pay our guest a compliment. First of all, Michael, I think, you know, the, the intent uh, of what you're doing here is admirable. And I agree with you that pancreatic cancer, while it's, you know, always, it's never a good thing is, is, you know, is something that, you know, should be pressed to be researched. And because eventually there could be some kind of a, if not a cure, at least an extension of life uh, that could, you know, at least, you know, give somebody a a better quality than what they're living with now. Absolutely. The observation that I wanted to make, uh, in the song that we opened up with, uh, Mama Used to Sing, the first thing that struck me was, of course, the, you know, the, soulful, the soulfulness of it all. But I could not, even though the genre of the, the, of the writing is so different, I could not get over how much you sound like Johnny Russell. And, oh, well, thank uh, you. Oh my! I mean, it was like I did a double take when I when I listened to that because you know you're you, you've got a, a nice pure voice. And, uh, and and I hope that you continue to use it for success. But I don't really have a question because I think we all know what the uh, the uh, you know where the song came from, the inspiration for the song. But just the fact that when I was listening to this, it was like I was listening to a young Johnny Russell when I was working at WQYK or WSUN back in Tampa many years ago in the seventies, and you know listening to that uh, you know. Uh, you know, listening to some of the stuff that he did, and that was the first thing that uh, that came to my mind. You're absolutely well, you right. 
I, I noticed that too. As a matter of fact, I was thinking, uh, uh, not not to uh, pressure you in any way whatsoever, Michael. But uh, <laughs> if you hap if you happen to do a uh, rendition of uh, they baptized Jesse Taylor. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> it was my favorite Johnny Russell. Catfish John. That would I remember I'm, I, I'm in your camp, David. That's a great tune. I remember really meeting him in Nashville for the DJ convention years ago. And uh, what a great guy. Uh, great great down home singer and just an all round down home guy. A lot of the uh, a lot of the artists, especially in country music. I mean, you hear about these artists that do all these wild and crazy things and, uh, and all that, but a lot of them are really down to earth, especially the artists in country music. I know I was out uh, with a couple of them last night. Uh, the, uh, uh, the Bellamy brothers, I was out to one of their shows and, uh, another, another great bunch, of, great bunch of guys, all of them, uh, uh, David and Howard and, uh, Wally, their bassist and, uh, manager and well, all of them, they're just a great bunch of guys. And as you are one day, I hope to be able to get to meet you in person, Michael, we've got another song of yours. We're going to play and, uh, we want to talk about that before you go. Tell us a little bit about Big Night Out. Okay, Big Night Out. Basically, uh, we were just sitting around the house one night, my wife and I, and, uh, you know, we hadn't been out in a while, and I was just sitting there strumming on the guitar and kind of had the idea uh, for the song. And, of course, the chorus, for me, usually the chorus comes first, and then the the verses will come later. Sometimes it'll be the music first. But uh, it's just kind of a a fun song, a good two-step song about – getting out of the house and 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 having a good time okay and we're going to be going to that in just a minute but first tell us a little bit about your personal life because we like to well you know we we don't want to expose your personal life completely but we like to get to know you and feel like hey you know uh you're part of the family here tell us uh, tell us about your family well uh it's just my wife and i and uh we've been married now for 22 years uh, I met her. Actually, we were married within two months of meeting each other, and it's been a it's been a, a crazy road of just uh, basically uh, a regular life. I mean, we don't have anything uh, extravagant that we that we do. We just uh, uh, basically try to you know uh, live life the best we possibly can. And, and like say, 22 years together, we've. Uh, gotten to the point we're just an old married couple we sit around and and watch television or or listen to music and and try to get out as much as we can it's uh you know there's a lot of things going on so uh you may remember we had somebody drive to our house recently so we're oh, still no. working on <laughs> remodeling the house so it's well it's, fortunately uh, there was no fun. Fortunately, there was no body damage that needed remodeling. Uh, that could have been uh, that could have been really bad. But uh, well, not much. They're they're, uh, they're talking about doing some neck surgery on me again. Uh, I'm, I've been trying to avoid. So uh, well, yeah. hey, I guess having been down that road myself, I can tell you if it needs to be done, get it done because uh, right. you'll usually be better for it. I know uh, I've had a uh, I've had a couple of run-ins with. Uh, surgeons who uh, want to, you know, that's one thing that always bothered me. Have you ever noticed that uh, physicians are practicing physicians? And then I was kind of worried. Right. I remember as a kid, I, I wondered, you know, practicing, don't I, don't I get a doctor that already knows what the heck he's doing? But <laughs> Right. When are they going to get it right? Well, this will exactly. be my first one in my, in my neck. And, and uh, it's, it's just, 
yeah, it'll it'll make you nervous, that's for sure. But you're right. If it's got to be done, it's got to be done. Yeah, I uh, I know my my first my first surgery was uh, a disc in the lower back. Uh, I forget L five or whatever it was, and uh, I hadn't been in a hospital since I had my tonsils out in third grade. So uh, I was a right. little bit paranoid. <laughs> but um, it does, hey, I'll tell thank you. God, everything came out all right. And in your case as well, we're glad, and we wish you and your lovely wife many more years of happiness. And it, I'm glad to know. Glad to see a, a couple where the, the wife is in unison with the artist on his career. I mean, it's so it's a rough thing. It can be really tough working a career like a professional music artist and uh, keeping a strong home front. And uh, I congratulate you Absolutely. both on that. Thank you. Well, we'll look forward to having you back here when you uh, when you get your new disc ready to go. In the meantime, absolutely. Uh, we're going to call on uh, we're going to call on the magic of modern technology and uh, run down a thing called big night out ladies and gentlemen michael ray oh. robinson
have a big night out. Oh, yes, indeed, indeed, indeed. My baby and I, we're going to have our big night out. Great song. Great song. Love having Michael Ray Robinson on the show. And uh, that was uh, his song, Big Night Out. And we wish uh, our, give our best wishes to his family and, of course, to his mother. And we sure hope that everything is going to be okay with that. Uh, David had to step aside for a while. This is John Bon Jovial. And uh, we just wanted to uh, thank you very much for being with us this afternoon right here on the David Bowers Awards. If you have a question for any of our guests or you just want to, you know, shoot the crap for a while, why don't you give us a call? The phone number is 347-945-7137. Again, 347-945-7137. And don't forget to tweet your comments at hashtag TDBA, as in hashtag the David Bowers Awards. And I think my console is showing me that David is back. Are you there, sir? I'm I'm definitely somewhere. I'm not sure where, but I'm definitely somewhere. And uh, we've got a lot of stuff coming up. We've got uh, Mr. Stuart Epps who will be joining us later uh, for the award of our uh, our win a free mix by Stuart Epps competition we've been running for the last six months. And uh, we've got a, a great new find band out of Chicago. And uh, they're called Villa Avenue. As a matter of fact, I know at least one of the members of the band is in the chat room right now. So if you're in our chat room, the guest that shows as Music 267 is a representative from our next guest, Villa Avenue. And we're going to be bringing them on here in just a moment. First thing we're going to do, however, is we're going to give you a taste of some of their music by playing a song by them called Tell Me Your Goodbyes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Villa Avenue. As I lie awake and watch you breathe Shadows on the wall go dancing on the breeze Loneliness is in my mind And you're the only one Say your goodbyes You're the only one That's giving up on me So tell me your goodbyes Coming back to me 
Tell Me Your Goodbyes by Chicago Rockers, Villa Avenue. We're going to bring them on board right now. I believe we have Chris with us, do we not? Uh, yeah, how are we doing? And we also got Jim Cassidy, the guitar player, also. Hey, how you doing? Oh, Chris and Jim, welcome aboard. So glad to have you here with us this afternoon. And uh, before we get into uh, get into getting details about you, your band, and your music, I want to uh, I want to mention the fact that uh, we have a little bit of a connection here we weren't aware of. This was totally unrehearsed. It was uh, it was an accident that everything came together that you're on this particular show because this is our Stuart Epps Award show and. Uh, after we spoke with you about being on the show as one of our guests today, we found out that you had, in fact, worked with Mr. Epps and had a track produced by him. And the coincidences just keep on going because uh, just a little while ago, just before showtime, when we were doing our pre-show get-together, uh, John Bon Jovial and uh, Nick the Geek, Nick Rogers, our, uh, our engineer, uh, we found that he has a connection with Villa Avenue in Chicago as well. So uh, we're oh, yeah. with him. Are you are you, are you there, Nick? No, oh, I guess he's not. Uh, I guess he's not on mic right now. But yeah, we were talking beforehand, and uh, he has. I know he's been to Villa Avenue, and uh, that makes for a good segue into our discussion with you, Chris and Jim. How did you get the name Villa Avenue? Uh, it's kind of an old name. Um, it was actually the name of one of our songs that we had uh, years ago, and then we didn't really have a band name, and someone brought it up, and it kind of just stuck. But uh, it's actually one of the things that we uh, constantly think about changing, but we just never get around to. Well, hopefully we'll be able to uh, we'll be able to get uh, Nick on mic here, and uh, he can discuss his connection. I, I know he told me he had been to Villa Avenue. I'm not sure why he'd been there, or maybe he doesn't want to tell us. I don't know. But well, uh, hey, never. There you are, Nick. I, we got the guys from uh, Villa Avenue on now, uh, Chris and Jim. And, uh, Nick, you told me you had been on Villa Avenue. That's right. I used to work in uh, Villa Park. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I think the Villa Avenue that we were referring to was in um, it's either Downers Grove or um, one of those cities. One of those. Uh, one of those uh, northwest yeah. suburbs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a great part of, uh, part of the city. For sure. Well, not necessarily the city, but a great part of uh, the Chicagoland area, for sure. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of great places all around in the suburbs, down in the city, all around. It's a great music city. I used to slang quite a bit of gear over at the Guitar Center on uh, on Roosevelt Road in Villa Park. Oh, yeah. I've been there. What a, uh, what a small world. Thank you very you much, uh, Nick. And... Uh, Nick is busy working behind the scenes there, so uh, he, that's why he wasn't available when we first uh, when we first mentioned oh. him. Tell us, tell us about the song we just played. Tell us a little bit about that, please. Yeah, um, "Telling Your Goodbyes" was uh, just written just as a just a um, you know nice uh, snowy, slow, easy tune, and uh, yeah, we ended up um, having the opportunity to work with Stuart on it, and. Uh, that was probably one of the greatest things we've been able to do um, up to this point. So we were very happy and excited to uh, to work with them. I can bet you were. Tell us a little bit about the uh, tell a little bit about the studio work, especially as it relates to working with someone of uh, Mr. Epps's caliber. Oh yeah, I mean it's just um, it's a. Uh, it's just been uh, it's been really excellent. It's uh, having 
Uh, he did it remotely, so we just got to send him. Because um, we had originally just had recorded a demo version of the song. It was basically right. just uh, guitars and um, and drums and bass. There were no fancy keyboards. There were no fancy... Uh, Stuart played the uh, the guitar solo in there, and Paul Hirsch from the band Voyager was playing keyboards. So if you were to hear the two the two next to each other, they sound pretty uh, pretty different. Pretty but, different. Um, <laughs> yeah, Stuart, uh, you know, put his magic on there, and we were we were very excited and very honored, and hopefully we can uh, work with them again in the future. Well, I know one of our guests, uh, well, not a guest at the moment, but we will be having them on the show in the future. Uh, one of our contestants will be getting the opportunity to work with Mr. Epps more than likely the same way you did through the miracle of modern technology where you can contact and work with anybody in the world. Now, had you worked in studios prior to working with Mr. Epps? Oh, yeah. We, we've uh, Right now, actually, we're doing our own recordings. Uh, and our, actually, we're sitting right now in, in our little uh, basement studio because we're, we're actually recording a new album right now. We're going to be recording all afternoon uh, some new songs, but uh, I guess it was we were saying before it's kind of the modern way of doing it. There's a lot of uh, a lot of people doing uh, doing their own recordings and um, trying to get them right. And there's just a lot of a lot of information, a lot of there, and a lot of resources for bands. So tell us, Adela, I know I know that uh, especially uh, the winner is going to want to know this. You're having worked in the studio before and now working, uh, having worked with Mr. Epps via uh, technical hookup. How, is it is it more intense working with someone of that caliber uh, than just working on your own? Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's a little more um, well, you're honored, of course, and then you feel like you you need to step up your game. You need you feel like you want to uh, make sure all your all your stuff, all your ducks are in the right row, and that you're uh, you don't want to you don't want to waste their time, right? You know, they've they've, right. they've done everything, seen everything, so. It must have been an amazing experience. I know I've I've talked with uh, with Stuart Epps on uh, several occasions, and uh, it's always uh, interesting and exciting to talk with him and his insight to the business. And uh, I know myself, I was personally very curious as to what it's like working uh, with uh, Mr. Epps. And uh, obviously, the results speak for itself. As you said, the uh, the difference is quite noticeable. And uh, I. Uh, I really envy you guys having had the opportunity to work with him, and we'll be announcing someone else who's going to get that chance a little bit later in the show. We're going to also want to find out a little bit about what you've got coming up in the future. Yeah, we got the uh, we got a show coming up on uh, Black Wednesday up here in um, uh, north of Chicago with uh, one of our bands. Uh, one of our favorite bands are called Rough Night Out, so we're going to be doing a um, Black Wednesday show with them. And then also we're uh, we're busy recording. Hopefully we'll uh, have them out soon, and uh, a couple more shows hopefully coming up. So uh, yeah, we just we like to constantly try to to be recording, try try to get some new stuff out there, try to play some shows, and just do what we got to do. We like that idea, and uh, we also like the idea of you coming up with some new music and maybe keeping in touch with us, and we can get you back on to uh, debut the new music when it's ready. Some probably sometime after the first of the year, I would imagine. Uh, do, you, do you have any touring coming up? Uh, right now we're working with our um, – we we just started working with our old um, management team and our old uh, booking agents, 
And so we've been uh, trying to line up some shows after the first of the year. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll have that all, all of our shows coming up on our Reverb Nation page, which is ReverbNation.com forward slash Villa underscore Avenue. We should tell them about the, about the actual upcoming show, where it's at and all that good stuff. Uh, the, the upcoming show on Black Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, um, is at uh, Side Outs. And that's a, it's a cool kind of music club bar place uh, in Island Lake, Illinois. Uh, very cool. So if you're if you happen to be in the area, uh, come out to Side Outs on Black Wednesday and check out some good music. Uh, about uh, what seven? Nine p.m. Sorry, nine p.m. So. Nine p.m. and that's Central Time. So there you go for all our listeners in the Chicago area. Uh, there's a date for you to keep there. Go out, check them out, and. Uh, be sure and tell them you're there. Also, we encourage our uh, our listeners to contact, uh, follow, and connect with our guests. So you guys are, we've already got your Reverb Nation address. Uh, you're on, uh, I would guess you're probably on Facebook, Twitter, and they like. Uh, yeah, we got Facebook. It's just forward slash Villa Avenue, and then Twitter, um, also the same. I think it's Villa.Avenue. Okay, there you go, folks. Pick up on them, follow them, and uh, send them messages. Let them know you're uh, let them know you're following them and what you think about their music. I know that uh, our guests always like to know what their fans are thinking because let's face it, without the fans and followers, uh, they don't have a career, and that's not a good thing. <laughs> there's uh, there's been a few people that uh, slid down that slide. Tell us now, if you would, uh, Chris and Jim, tell us about the band itself. And the the guys in it. We got a uh, we're a four piece band. We have um, our our John is our bass player. He's um, he's actually on his way over to to do some recording. Uh, we got our drummer Jason. One of the things I think that's uh, unique about our band is that everybody comes from uh, different musical backgrounds. Everyone kind of has a different um, style that they came from, and so we kind of hopefully bring a lot of the good qualities of each style into uh, into our sound. But, uh, yeah, let Jim talk about uh, some of the influences he's got. Well, I Villa Avenue was, has been around forever. I, I recently joined the band, probably within the last, what, year? I'm not exactly sure of the time frame. But, yeah, they were already a solid band. I mean, it was a three-piece acoustic bass and drums. Chris obviously plays acoustic and he sings. And his guitar style is very... Uh, very much self-contained. It's it's got lead and rhythm going out at the same time. So, you know, they were okay, but I, I kind of come in and try to try to add something to it with electric guitar. Um, and I've been playing for a long time. I'm influenced by, you know, everything. I, I I also you know I compose music for video games. You know, I just started giving guitar lessons. So I'm trying to live a life in music. But um, Villa Avenue has been a lot of fun. I I really like playing these shows. Um, you know. So. How long have you been uh, together now? We've uh, Jason and John and I, and I have been playing a couple of years on and off, but then uh, Jim just recently joined a few months ago. So um, I guess if you put it together, just the group that we've got now has just been together about I don't know, I'd say seven months. That's seven months. So you're uh, you're relatively new as in in, in your current uh, formation. Yeah, but they they were around for. How long were you, how long has Villa Avenue been around, Chris? Yeah, we've been playing different uh, incarnations of the band and, and different bands and stuff for about eight years now. So, oh, so you've got a you you've got a solid foundation. You just uh, made a couple of tweaks as far as personnel is concerned. Oh yeah, you gotta you know how it how it is. You gotta make some tweaks. 
Oh, absolutely. Those things happen. And uh, John Bon Jovial, you're, you're sitting there uh, cogitating. You, you must have a question or comment you'd like to toss in here. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of remember back in the day when I was working in radio stations. Yeah, we're going to make some tweaks and some changes, and you're not <laughs> part of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was always the kiss of death. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, no, I just wanted to uh, you know, I want to find out, you guys going to be doing any touring? Oh, we'd love to, yeah. Like I said, we've been trying to, uh, we've been working with this, our booking agency again, uh, just rebel, uh, recently. So hopefully uh, we're going to try to get as many shows as we can. We've been, uh, well, uh, we were obviously more active before, but we'd love to get back into it, and, and we're trying as hard as we can to. And for well, our, it'd be great go if ahead, you came John. down Arizona and Florida way. Oh yeah, we love. We go. Anyone that that wants to have us, we'd, we'd love to go. We'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> Absolutely, look forward to that. And uh, for our listeners, I want to uh, mention uh, to you guys that uh, I, I have uh, two additional uh, Facebook pages in addition to my own semi-personal page, although it's not all that personal. Uh, I have a uh, music groups page, which is for general music news, and I have my. Uh, well, I, I call it radio, even though because it's the closest they had for categorization. The radio page is primarily for uh, artists who have been on the show and for show information, past, present, and future. And uh, you are welcome to post on either page. Uh, having been a guest on the show, of course, you can uh, jump in on the radio page anytime. Uh, just uh, Go to uh, Facebook, uh, The David Bowers, and uh, you'll find, the, like I said, the page that says radio. That's for primarily show my show-related uh, uh, artists and information. And the music groups page that we have is for general music information, uh, questions, uh, comments, conversations, meeting other people, whatever you want to post. Uh, please, by all means, we encourage all of our guests to uh, help themselves. That's what those pages are there for. And uh, as you know, we do heartily endorse uh, self-promotion. So don't hesitate to post your gigs, uh, events, uh, new releases, whatever you've got. Uh, we're glad to have it and glad to help you spread the word. Great. Thank you so much, and thanks for the support. Well, appreciate listen, it. Listen, before, before you guys go, uh, you know, you've already mentioned, uh, you know, Reverb Nation and Facebook and Twitter. You know, and, and as as David just uh, so eloquently put it, you know, we, we are very much into the self-promotion. If you guys have any, as I like to put it, shameless uh, self-promotion, any more that you can think of, you know, now's a chance. Get it out there. <laughs> yeah. The stage is yeah, no, no such thing as shameless anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't we don't worry too much about political correct here either. So <laughs> that's amazing too. That's rare. But uh, yeah, we definitely look forward to having you come back on the show. Uh, you get some new music out, or you got something big happening. Give us a shout. Tell us about it. Uh, like we said, we usually book two three months in advance, so we do we do need a little lead time usually. But uh, we more than happy to have you come back and, and share your news information and uh, great happenings with us. We always look forward to hearing from our guests. And uh, also want to thank uh, Cindy and all the gang at Lady Lake Music for uh, connecting us. And uh, they just some great people to work with. I uh, There are a few uh, music agencies 
that really work for their artists the way these girls do. It's a wonderful, great group to work with, and you're, you're fortunate to have connected with them. We want to thank you so much for having been with us, spending some of your Sunday afternoon to talk with us. And uh, tell us a little bit before you go about this next song we're going to play called Running in Circles. Running in Circles, um, when we first uh, got back, when we got Jim in the band, we uh, we played a couple of weeks and then we instantly started recording. So Running in Circles was one of our uh, was one of our first recordings we did just a few months ago. And uh, yeah, we... Uh, we we're very excited about it, and uh, Jim, I think, did a wonderful, a wonderful job, and hopefully you guys enjoy it. Um, I, should, I should mention that uh, the, uh, Tim Cerny, a uh, good friend of mine, also a partner in, um, I run a, a company called CCH Audio, that's cchaudio.com, if I can plug shamelessly, um, but anyways, um, he's, uh, he, he kind of produced it and, you know, um, put it all together, so anyways, uh, yeah, just wanted to throw that out there. Well, glad you did. And again, thank you both very much for taking the time, especially since it's obviously a rehearsal day for you. Thank you for taking the time to uh, take a break. Come sit and talk with us for a while. Again, we'll look forward to having you back in the future. Thank you so very much for being with us. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Tell Me. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the one we already played. Running in Circles by Villa Avenue.
this is Joe Bonzo with the Oak Ridge Boys. You're listening to my good friend, the David Bowers, on Blog Talk Radio. Well, thank you so much, Joe Bonsall of the Oak Ridge Boys, and we're looking forward to having them back in the real near future, too. It's, uh, it's been a while since we talked to them. Last time we talked to them, I think they were on their bus home to uh, Nashville, and uh, we got to chat with them for a little while here on the show. Always a pleasure talking with Joe and the the, uh, the Oak Ridge Boys. John Bon Jovial, I think you have a message before we get into our awards presentation. Something of relative importance, too, Dave. You know, computers have become a uh, a crutch to our society if, uh, society, if you will. There's really no getting around them anymore. Everybody's got to have one, whether it's for your banking, whether it's just to uh, see the kids on Skype, uh, you know, from one side of the country to the other. Everybody has a computer. They've got a phone. They've got a tablet. And you know what? There's also a lot of bad guys out there that are aware of this fact and security is a constant challenge. There are just unbelievable challenges to your uh, personal safety and information. Uh, and uh, so we, you know, like to give a suggestion. Computer Help USA, uh, they are located in Naples, Florida. Computer Help USA is a company that can help you whether you are in Southwest Florida or anywhere in the United States or the world for that matter with the uh, capability of remote internet access to take over your computer and fix it and fix it right. Ransomware is the big thing these days. Don't ever pay because there is a way around it. Some of them are extreme, some of them not so much so. Uh, it's a hoax. Uh, whatever the problem with your device is, contact Computer Help USA. They are the pros at solving computer problems. Microsoft certified, Apple certified, fully guaranteed, and in most cases, they can and will solve the problem and restore your system uh, and have it running better than it was the day it was new. We can do it online, uh, whether it's a bug, ransomware, uh, latest virus for your system. You just need some upgrades. Computer Help USA. Help is the middle name, and they are there to take care of you today, tomorrow, and well into the future. You can contact them uh, the old-fashioned way by telephone, which is area code 239-596-6112. You can get a hold of them via Twitter and Facebook. On Facebook, it's uh, backslash Computer Help USA. Uh, and, of course, you can always go to the website, which is www.comphelpusa.com. Dave? Man, he said that all with the same mouth. <laughs> and a big mouth at that. Here we go. Yeah, speak up there, little man. a couple of seconds to catch our breath and prepare for this next segment, which is uh, for those of you who are old enough to remember the early days of TV and the old Ed Sullivan show, it's a really big shoe 
folks. And uh, notice we've got a really big show going on in the chat room. Got some uh, some big deals working out there. I uh, I see that uh, Cindy uh, from Lady Lake is uh, talking to some people, and we've got uh, mentions of uh, uh, the Douglas Coleman show, and also David Martinez out there. So uh, hey, we may have some big things coming up in the near future to talk about. We certainly hope so. We love. You know, we love sharing the secrets. It's not that we can't keep a secret. It's the fact that the people we tell can't. So you know how that goes. Anyway, we're getting ready to move on here to the big portion of this week's show. And uh, that's the uh, awarding of the Stuart Epps Free Mix Award. And we've been uh, we've been waiting patiently for months to get all the entries in and uh, have Mr. Epps listen to them and select the one that he thinks he wants to work with, so they will get a chance to work with Mr. Epps as uh, Villa Avenue did, and we're going to get right to that. We're going to go through the songs of the runners-up, and we will end with our winning award. And I believe now we have Mr. Epps on the phone, so let's bring him in right now and introduce him and set the stage for uh, the next portion of the show. Mr. Epps, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. How you doing? Very good. Thank you so much. Good to have you here with us again today, uh, all the way from across the pond in the uh, in, uh, London area. I believe you're in the uh, London area, are you not? No, not really. Not really. Oh. No, I'm in a, in, a, in a small village called Cookham. Cookham, oh, okay. you would pronounce it, which is in Berkshire, or Berkshire, you would pronounce that. So it's Cookham in Berkshire, where, um, you know, if everyone, anyone's been on my website, they know that that was where... Um, the Mill Studios was built in 1974, where Elton John's been, where George Harrison's been, which Jimmy Page owned for five years, where we mixed the last Zeppelin album, all sorts of stuff, really. So that's where I'm, I, I've now got my own studio in this village, but I've been in this village uh, for about 40 years, since 1974, when we built the Mill. And for those of our listeners who are not familiar with uh, merry old England, what uh, what part of the country, where where is that, uh, say, Yeah, no, that's what I was saying is, it's in Berkshire, Berkshire, which is um, not far from Buckinghamshire, which is on the River Thames, Cookham in Berkshire. Uh, it's just up the road from Windsor Castle, where the Queen lives. It's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty well-known area, really. The River Thames runs through it, and it's the most beautiful area. So I was going to say, it sounds like a beautiful. It sounds like a beautiful area as well as a uh, well-known area. I w- I would love to uh, get the chance to come over and uh, visit. I've Absolutely. never been over there, so uh, yeah, anyway, um, we will. Oh, all right, okay. go right ahead. Carry on. Well, no, no, I was no, going right to say that on on my Stuart dot com uh, website, there's all about the Mill Studios from when we first started building it um, all through the years with uh, Elton John, and there's some video there of George Harrison when he was there. And that's just about a mile mile down the road from where I am now. So it's all about uh, it on the dot-com site. A pleasure working with someone who knows exactly what my next uh, question is going to be. I was going oh, to invite you okay. to uh, pass on the link to the folks so that they could go and check out your uh, your website for all the information, not only on the location, but uh, what you do and have done. Uh, so thank yeah. you for uh, helping me out there. It's a pleasure. Now, we sent you... Uh, these uh, entrants to the Win a Free Mix competition, and uh, they ranged um, really 
all over the spectrum and all over the genres as far as the music was concerned. Uh, I uh, <laughs> I hope that didn't shake you up too much. We're going to go through and play the. We're going to play a track by each of the finalists. We did have one little problem, and I want to apologize for this up front. Uh, we had a problem with one of the finalists, and uh, we were not able to get his uh, get his entry uploaded. We will mention that in order here as we go along, uh, but uh, we were uh, we were very sorry that uh, Mr. Steve Dockendorf's uh, track will not be able to be played. We had a problem. We were able to play it. We were able to listen to it, as was Mr. Epps. But unfortunately, for some reason, uh, it would not upload to our uh, program platform here at Blog Talk Radio. Uh, it kept getting rejected for a technical problem. I tried very hard to get a hold of Mr. Dockendorf to see if we could work out something and get a uh, get another copy of the track. Unfortunately, he was unable to get back to me with that. So we will be missing that track, uh, uh, track by Steve Dockendorf. But we are going to move on with the ones we do have. And uh, if everybody's ready, we're going to play first and then talk with Mr. Epps briefly about a track called Venom by Tyrant Two, uh, Tyrant 21, I'm sorry, Venom by Tyrant 21.
you have it. It's called Venom, and if we haven't got you awake now, you will never be awake. Mr. Epps, come on in here and tell us a little bit about this track from your uh, production perspective, if you would, please. Ah, yes. Um, what to say about that? I mean, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll just own up and say that I'm really not a fan of heavy metal um, vocals. You know, I always think it's a bit of a drag because often, and in the case with this track, although it's not a very good sound, I don't know whether that's because um, it's being broadcast or great mix, but basically the backing track sounds great. You know, it sounds like a track from the 60s or the early 70s that I might have done. And, um, you know, there's great guitar playing and you can hear that the drum is good just about and the bass, bass player is good. Everything's good about the backing track. But I'm not a big fan of those uh, shouty, screamy vocals. I just don't... Uh, it's not something I, I can get into. I don't know quite how you get into that unless you're very drunk or stoned or something or other. Or mix or other too. So, you know, I know it's a big thing. Every, you know, a lot of people like it. Most of the people that I've spoken to about it say that they, they, they mainly like it because their parents hate it. And I suppose that's a, that's a good reason. I, I think that's a pretty good reason. That's why a lot of us uh, started making the music that we made in the, in the late 60s Absolutely. and 70s. And, you know, it was because uh, it was very different from your parents. So this is definitely different from music that I like and grew up with. So, you know, for that sort of anti-parent value, I guess it's got uh, good validity. But musically, I, I'm not uh, I'm not crazy about it, I've got to say. Okay, we understand very well. And uh, Nick Rogers, our own, as we've mentioned, our own engineer, is also a musician in his own right, has his own group called... Uh, uh, no hard feelings. And Nick, what uh, what's your take on Venom? I think it's uh, to echo what Stuart was saying. It's a fantastic track musically, uh, but in order to gain any sort of wide market recognition, those type of vocals, uh, you're you're basically locking yourself into a niche market by doing that. There's only a select group of people that really find that accessible. I, I do think you are limiting yourself. You know, there's something about uh, a great hook sung melodically and sung with passion that tends to resonate. Even if heavy metal might not be your cup of tea, uh, having a great solid hook, it doesn't necessarily matter what genre it is. You lose a lot of people by just keeping it that heavy. Okay. And uh, one more from the, uh, from the radio perspective, uh, John Bon Jovial, what, uh, what have you got to offer on that, please? Well, I'm kind of with Stuart in that I'm not a metal fan. Um, you know, I, I really never have been, uh, you know, from a production point of view, it's not bad. I mean, I can certainly appreciate what went into it. Uh, but I too have a problem with the vocals on something like that, because I mean, first of all, how can you do that for three or four minutes with, and then still be able to talk afterwards? Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's hard for me to offer an objective opinion. Uh, but just for the simple reason that, as a radio guy, it's just, as, as Nick said, it's just too much of a niche. Uh, it, it just way, way too narrow casting your format. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in uh, a format that features strong songs. And to me, metal has never been uh, strong music. Uh, you know, it, it may be strong on the ears, but certainly uh, when it comes to uh, mass appeal music, uh, and trying not to sound like you're playing the same old crap that all these other silly rock and roll stations are playing. Uh, 
it, it, to me, it's just not going to work. It's not a strong, it, it's not strong music. It may be strong in content, but, the, but musically, it just has no strength at all to me. I understand what you're saying. Thank you very much. And uh, there you've heard it from our uh, from Mr. Epps and our panel of uh, of judge, uh, judges, well, experts here in the studio. And uh, we'll move right along. This is where we would be playing Mr. Stephen Dockendorf's song uh, entitled Miss Me. Uh, unfortunately, as I mentioned up front, we had a technical problem and it, we were unable to upload the song to the system here. So we cannot do that. We will encourage you, uh, as well as with uh, Tyrant 21 that gave us Venom, uh, also now uh, the uh, the tune Miss Me by Steve Dockendorf. You can check out these folks online, uh, Facebook, Twitter, or and in most cases, they have their own websites you can check them out at. So uh, be sure to go to these these guest artists and comment to them, especially if it's a type of music that you are into, you definitely want to follow up on them because they want to hear from you as well. So moving along to our next semifinalist, if, uh, if our engineer is ready, we're going to move on to a thing called sleepless by a group known as glow and the embers. Oh 
comments on this. Mr. Epps? I fell asleep now. <laughs> yeah, it went on a little bit. Uh, definitely went on a bit too long there. I don't know how long that was. It felt like about five and a half, maybe six minutes. But, uh, you know, I'd rather hear that than the first track, that's for sure. Um, I don't know whether the artist is the uh, singer or the songwriter um, and whether he's listening. So, um you know, just one thing that occurred to me while I was hearing it was that it might have been better an octave below, so it was a bit more sexy and a bit more like maybe Elvis might have done it, or I'm singing the blues, or, um, you know, in that area, because he's singing it quite high, really, and actually I started singing it an octave down and sounded a little bit better and a little bit more bluesy. But, you know, it's okay. It's it's um, it's an okay song. It's an okay track, and there's some nice guitar in it, and like I say, it went on a bit long. But um, yeah, if Elvis was singing it, that probably would have been a big, big hit back in the uh, 50s, though. I mean, we are sort of about 70 years away from that. But um, anyway, 
would rather hear that any day than the um, previous track. So uh, I don't know if we're scoring out of 10 here, but um, it's got a higher score for me. Very interesting. I was especially interested in your uh, in your take on the Elvis angle. I had not picked up on that, but uh, as you explained it, I, I, I do see it. I do hear it. It uh, would have been uh, a very interesting possibility. Let's bring on Nick Rogers. Nick, what have you got for us here? Uh, you know, Dave, I definitely agree with, uh, with Stuart in that it definitely goes on far too long. I think it's got uh, a fairly decent hook. It's, it's fairly generic as far as that kind of sultry blues vibe goes. Uh, I definitely enjoy the, the musical element more than I do the vocals. To me, I thought uh, if, if they were a, a far more competent and uh, a really just crazy singer over top of it, that it really would have uh, made the piece a little bit more memorable. Uh, but as it stands now, to me, it just seems a little bit uh, just like generic blues, almost like as if you're just uh, playing along to a backing track or singing along to, to something that's been done several times before. I didn't necessarily hear anything innovative, so I definitely agree with Stuart in that I'd rather listen to that all day than the first track. Okay, we have a uh, we have an agreement there, and let's bring on Mr. John Bon Jovial and uh, and hear your take on it, John. Well, you know, I think we're probably all unanimous in our opinion here. I like the uh, the fact that. You know, it, it, it's good if you're looking for some smooth music on the stereo, but uh, it, it went on about two minutes too long as far as I was concerned. And, uh, Stuart, I agree with you on the, the, the sultriness of the voice. I was kind of looking for a description as to, um, you know, how I could classify that, and, and you pretty much nailed it. Uh, you know, with, with your analogy there of, you know, lowering it an octave and uh, that kind of, and, and that, that, to me, that would have made it. I mean, musically, it was nice. The guitar work was very nice on it. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I, it, it, is it going to be, uh, you know, a smash o hit? Uh, no, I don't think so. All right. We, uh, we seem to be in agreement there. I did find myself that, uh, yes, it was a bit long for the song. It was about five and a half minutes, and it probably could have been shorter. I... Uh, Found myself, I, I found myself checking the bar. Uh, it, it, more of a, uh, I think it was more of a scotch than a uh, gin and tonic. But uh, yeah, it, it just gave me that uh, that that uh, piano bar feeling. I kicked back and uh, just listened to the mellow music and kind of, uh, you know, just kind of zone out for a little while. Dave, uh, can I, I think say we, one more thing? Absolutely. Another thing that uh, kind of struck me was that the guitar is definitely taking the, the center stage overall. I would have liked to hear another instrument come in, maybe on the bridge, and, and really drive uh, a solo to, to kind of break it up a little bit, whether that's a saxophone, a harmonica, just something to give it a little bit of a different melodic content rather than just being kind of a static guitar part with the vocal hook over and over and over again. That, that, that would have made the runtime, as long as it is, seem more palatable to me. Exactly. I was thinking exactly that as you said it. If it for it to be that long, a, another another instrument, a, another mood to break things up would have been a good touch there. All right. We're in agreement there, and we're ready to move on to our runner-up song. And uh, that is going to be a song by a young lady out of... Uh, 
out of uh, Mesa, Arizona. As a matter of fact, uh, she was on the show a month or two ago. Jenny J., young lady from Mesa, Arizona. And uh, this is a song called Summer Love. Ladies and gentlemen, Jenny J. Once again, the expert, Mr. Stuart Epps, for your comments on this. 
Well, I like summer love. In fact, uh, winter love's not bad either, and any season's <laughs> pretty good for it, I think. But, um, oh, I suppose I've got to be a bit serious about it as it's uh, serious stuff. So, you know, it's not bad, really. It's okay. I, my my opinion would be it's a bit slow. Um, and um, is the, you know, she's obviously got a good voice. I don't know whether it's the singer who's the songwriter, uh, how connected she was to the uh, to the track, but um, it sounds like she hadn't really learnt the song too well, to be honest. There's a, some strange out of tune parts in it, and it just sounds like maybe it was a one take or second take. Didn't really, um, you know, that could have really been sung with some soul and some feeling, even though it's a pop song. Uh, she could have really got into the melody more. It just sounded like she didn't really know the melody very well. So um, if I'm being harsh about it, those are my criticisms. Um, it's just an okay pop song, but which could have been a lot better with better production and, and uh, better arrangements and better music uh, instrumentation on it, and a and a better vocal. I suppose that's quite a lot, really. But um, yeah, where it places it between uh, the last one, I think I'd probably rather listen to that last one we heard because at least it was a little bit more, more had a little bit more soul to it, and I think that's what this was lacking in was uh, soulfulness and feeling. All righty, very well. Thank you very much, Mr. Epps. Let's uh, let's move on to Nick Rogers. Nick? Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I, once again, I think I have to once again gr- agree with Stuart on this. Uh, to me, you know, uh, Jenny J is great. She's been on the show several times. That song in particular to me sounded like, uh, you know, it could have been a B-side from any number of, of pop artists out there. There was nothing that really jumped out at me saying, you know, this is Jenny J, this is my identity, uh, and you know, listen to me, uh, or else kind of kind of a vibe. Uh, to me, it sounded everything was produced really in the box. I didn't hear a whole lot of uh, organic type instruments going on. It sounded very very digital, uh, which might not necessarily be a bad thing, but uh, to have even just something like a, a live acoustic guitar on it may have just brought it a little bit more into the real world for my taste. Uh, and, and again, to echo what Stuart was saying, to me, it also it, it sounded like, um, to some degree, that it was uh, probably done a little bit quickly in the studio. Maybe she just learned the melody that day, or they were experimenting, and they just decided to use that hook for for the final version. I think uh, it, as a demo recording, it's it's fairly solid, but. Once again, to echo what Stewart said, with with the right production, it could probably uh, be turned into a much better piece than it actually is. All right, thank you very much, Nick, and uh, Mr. John Bon Jovial. Your take? Well, you know, as as Nick has said, we've had Jenny J on on the show, and she really is a very lovely young lady. Uh, the song has potential to do something, but in its present form, I think it needs to be worked on. I agree with uh, everybody on that. Uh, there is a certain uh, guttural quality, if you will, to her voice that is reminiscent of uh, like an early uh, Britney Spears kind of thing. That, and of course, she took off and you know and was huge. Uh, but in its present form, uh, you know, in its present form, you know, the, the song needs to be, as far as I'm concerned, keep you know, keep the premise, keep the lyrics, keep, keep the melody in your head. But it needs to be scrapped completely and recorded completely from scratch all over again, taking into consideration what's going to make this a hit song. Because while I think that the potential is there for it to be some kind of a hit, it isn't in its present form. 
Okay, and I, I think you're uh, all pretty much in agreement there. And I, I do, and this is one that the uh, the chat room lit up a little bit on too, a little bit more than they have on the other ones. I, I caught a couple of comments. Uh, the the production quality needed to needs work, and uh, the fact that it wasn't tight, quote unquote. Also saw a reference you. you uh, you referred to another artist, and uh, there was a reference in the chat room uh, that uh, it was kind of Cindy Lopperish. And I think uh, I tend to feel that uh, yeah, this is a uh, this has potential as a pop song for a pop artist. And uh, I think that uh, I think Jenny has some potential. I think she needs uh, she needs a better production and. Uh, just basically put your heart into it. She's uh, doing a lot of appearances, I know, around the uh, central Arizona area. And I think that uh, probably uh, live, she has been able to put more excitement into her uh, into her music than she has on this track. At least I yeah, would hope I want, so. Because... I, I want to add one other thing, David, also. Is yes. That, you know, if, if, if Jenny, if you're listening, you know, don't, you know, don't take this the wrong way. You know, we're not insulting your talent, not in any way, shape or form. I think we all agreed that there is some talent there, but it needs to be polished and it needs to be honed. And this is a good thing because you have the inherent talent to be able to do this, but you need to get the right people backing you on the production and the right guidance that, to make sure that the instrumentation is correct on this. And if you can do that, you know, then you got something. Absolutely right, and uh, for our uh, for our listeners, especially our contestants, uh, this is one of the reasons that we have a Mr. Stuart Epps. We have a Grammy-winning producer who has worked with some major artists. So, uh, as John just uh, inferred, don't take it the wrong way. Don't get hurt feelings. Uh, if you're in this business, you got to have a thicker skin. But I think it is also incumbent on anyone who judges or tries to advise upcoming artists they have to be you know you've got to have the cold hard facts of life you know if you if it was sugar-coated and we said oh yeah that's really really great and it wasn't then we're you know they would be doing you more harm than good it doesn't help uh to to sugarcoat it if uh you want the truth you got to be ready to accept that it's not always going to make you feel good but the idea isn't to make you feel good. It's to make you a better performer. And that's what the bottom line is all about, I think. So we'll move on now to it's time for our winner who will be, <laughs> who will be received. I was going to bring our awards fanfare in right about now. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, how could we possibly yeah, that's a, that, that's a hit right that. there. Stuart, <laughs> don't, you, don't you think you could do something with that little fanfare there? That'd be a smash old hit, wouldn't it? <laughs> I hope I hope you're not It's all right. I'm Go still ahead. here. No, Go no, ahead. he says he, he's back there rolling his eyes, not even believing that I even suggested that. It's very good. He's <laughs> very good content. <laughs> Wondering what he's doing on this show. Okay, moving right along. It is time for the winner of the Stuart Epps Mix Award, and we will be discussing this right after we play the song called Trippin'. Ladies and gentlemen, Latoya McCurdy. 
I got it said this time without tripping over my tongue, and that's the title of the song, Trippin'. Mr. Epps, come on in, please, and tell us why you selected this. Well, because it was the best of the uh, bunch. But um, I do like that, actually. I mean, I I don't really like uh, a lot of the production. I think it's a little bit um, messy and uh, all over the place. uh, But I really like the guys. If that is a guy, I like his voice. And it uh, reminds me a bit of Craig David, who I happen to really like. don't know whether you've heard of Craig David over there. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, I really like, um, yeah, I like, I like. I mean, it doesn't change chord. I think that's one chord throughout the whole thing. It doesn't really do much. It's not really, you know, the song content isn't that great. But, um, you know, I would like to remix that. I, I don't know whether the artist is listening, but, you know, I'd, I'd like to have a go at, uh, at maybe replacing some of the instrumentation with maybe guitar or keyboard, piano, and just making more of a feature of the vocal and trying to make more of the melody that's going on there, uh, make it a bit more musical rather than all that. Um, there's a lot of percussion, a lot of drums, which is, yeah, it's supposed to be tripping. It's supposed to be a little bit um, a bit out there, but um, I don't think maybe the best has been made of, uh, of the vocalist, really. He's obviously got a really good talent. I really like that singing. So um, that's why it's my favorite, and that's why it's the winner. And I look forward to, uh, hopefully, they've got that track on all sort of uh, separate WAVs that I can listen to the vocal on its own and mess about with it and see what I can come up with. Well, we will definitely be putting them in touch with you to work with you uh, as soon as we can contact them and uh, make that happen. Nick Rogers, your comments, please. Yes, sir. Uh, once again, uh, uh, I, I got to uh, agree with Stuart here. Out of all the submissions, that definitely seems like the one that's uh, the most feasible. Uh, it, it definitely has a, a more modern vibe to it, uh, but it, it has the characteristics, of, uh, like Stuart said, of a sloppy production. It sounds like it was probably mixed all in the box, just all, all Pro Tools. There's a lot of frequencies that are clashing there, a lot of uh, low end that's just competing for space. Uh, without really a clear focal point. And for something like, like that, uh, as Stuart said, the vocal is really the best element, and that needs to be the, the, focal, point, the focal point for it. It would probably sound a, a, a little bit more spacious 
even just by removing some of the instruments at certain parts or taking out certain frequencies at circuit, certain parts to really drive that, that vocal home. Uh, but it definitely has a modern feel to it. It's, def- it's definitely uh, workable as far as a, a radio type, type single is concerned. It's not too long. It's not too short. Uh, I, uh, once again, I think that's, that's the clear winner. Okay, very good. Thank you, Nick. And uh, Mr. John Bon Jovial, if you'll sign in, please, and uh, give us your take on it again, please. Well, you know, I, I agree that the, uh, you know, the instrumentation is a little bit sloppy. Um, it, it is, and I guess maybe this is going to be my age showing through because, you know, I'm no spring chicken anymore, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I object highly to the auto-tune. I don't like auto-tune. I've never liked auto-tune. I think it's an absolutely worthless piece of technology, and it is used way too much in pop music today. Um, Nat King Cole didn't need uh, uh, auto-tune. Mick Jagger didn't need auto-tune. You know, Charlie Rich didn't need auto-tune. Auto-tune makes people that can't sing worth a shit be able to sing. And, uh, you know, and I'm not saying that LaToya can't sing. I'm, I'm sure that LaToya probably has a very good voice, but to me, it's too much of a crutch. And if, if I were Stuart, but I'm not, but if I were, you know, my, my two cents would be that, you know, if you have to use the auto tune, oh my God, back it off a little bit because it's just way too much. Well, there, I've heard a lot of uh, sentiment about the auto-tune, and much of it uh, follows your line of thinking, the fact that uh, it's being used too much as a crutch. I think, uh, in all fairness, I, I think the auto-tune is something that, quote, can be used, unquote, but I don't think it should be used as a crutch. Uh, I mean, hey, you go back uh, you go back a few decades ago, and the Grand Ole Opry didn't want you using electric guitars, so, uh, you know, times change and people change. So do music thoughts and modes. And yes, okay, it is a piece of technology. Therefore, it can be used, but I think it, uh, it behooves us to use it effectively rather than, as you said, as a crutch. Dave, I, can I jump uh, in for one sec? Absolutely. Uh, as far as the whole uh, auto-tune thing is concerned, I think you also have to kind of look at the mindset of what the the, the listener is used to hearing. I mean, in, th- in this day, day and age, young people, they're used to hearing, for the most part, at least on the radio and uh, pop and uh, contemporary music, they're used to hearing every note completely in time, every note completely in pitch. So there's been things said, like a guy like Neil Young, uh, he wouldn't, or Bob Dylan even, wouldn't have a career today just because they are so, so, so out there. They weren't necessarily perfect singers, but because they were so, so deviating from, from the norm, that's what gave them their careers. Most people today, they would hear something like that if it were a brand new artist and be like, oh, well, he's singing completely off key because they're so used to hearing everything completely in time and completely in pitch. So, yes, it is a crutch, but it's also a crutch that some people feel like they have to rely on just to consider themselves current and be able to, to get in the marketplace. Exactly. Yes, I, I do understand. We had uh, a lot of interesting comments in the chat room. Uh, cool Voice was one of them. Uh, and, and they weren't in our, our chat room. People were not in total agreement even on the winner. So it's, uh, it, you know, it's, it's like these uh, reality shows on TV now. Uh, I've heard 
many times people say, oh, how could that person have won? Or uh, one, of, one of the more frequent ones you hear is, uh, if, we had, if we had had this back in the 60s or 50s, Elvis would have never made it. So, uh, yeah, a lot of things factor into these. Your closing thoughts, Mr. Epps. More closing thoughts on the um, on the track. Oh, on the on the overall uh, competition. Oh. Well, it's uh, you know if that's the very best of uh, I don't know. It's not uh, they're not then it's not a greatly uh, it's not a very high standard, admittedly. But um, you know the uh, the last the, the winner I really like that actually. I could go on and I could talk a lot about uh, auto tuning and. Uh, Tuning generally and timing and all sorts of things, but actually, personally, I I, I like auto tune. Uh, if it's a good record, I mean, if it's a good song uh, and if it's a good overall production and good singer, then um, I don't mind a bit of auto tune. I mean, Craig David, who I was talking about, uh, he actually made his um, his his start in his whole career uh, about uh, three miles from here in Maidenhead. And he was just a young lad, you know, I think he was 15 or 16 when he was discovered in this area. And, um, you know, I got to know his manager and actually uh, some people that played in his band. And I really just absolutely loved his first album. Yeah, it had a lot of um, auto-tune on it, but I just think he's a great writer and there's some great songs. And actually, I went to see him live. And uh, it was a bit weird because I was sitting in the front row and there were mainly sort of six-year-old girls around me, which was a little bit strange. But um, he is actually singing live without auto-tune but he sounds like he's auto-tuned anyway uh, and he's actually his manager was saying he doesn't even know why he uses auto-tune because his voice almost sounds like that and uh, it's a strange thing it's an interesting thing but you see what's happening is that a lot of the kids uh, like we used to sort of sing along with the Beatles and uh, the Rolling Stones you know we're copying those lead vocals and a lot of the time actually they'd be American bands so we'd be using an American accent. I, I've got an American accent when I sing. A lot of English singers tend to have an American accent. So what's happening now is that kids are copying uh, Beyonce and, and, and all these uh, R&B singers uh, who are using autotune. So they're singing now with autotune. So people are actually learning to sing in that fashion, which, uh, which tends to make them sort of tend to make them sound in tune. But uh, unfortunately... You know, doesn't give them the greatest soulful voice in the world. You know, you're not going to get another Aretha Franklin like that as a female, or um, you know, a Paul Rogers as a male singer. So, because you know, a lot of soul singing uh, comes from singing slightly flat and sharp, and using the flat and sharpness to create the atmosphere and to create the passion and to create the mood. So there's a you know, the, but there's things to be said about uh, you know that uh, that type of production and. Uh, Let's face it, it was Cher that first used it. She, wow, there's a lot of noise going on in the background. But anyway, yes, I Cher is Cher squeaking. Yeah, Cher first yeah, used that. Yeah, that's me. I'm guilty. Sorry, stop doing that. So Cher first did that on her record as, a, as an effect, you know, and it was used to great effect. Uh, and that's the way um, to use these. Um, generally, that's the way I use effects is like as an effect. So if you want to highlight a part of a vocal or a line or something, um, you know, but these are things that have come along with the technology, and I'd rather hear something that's slightly auto-tuned some, rather than something that's out of tune. And there were parts of that uh, female track that we heard that were definitely out of tune and could have done with a bit of auto-tune. There's a way to use auto-tune so that you don't aren't aware of it. 
And, um, you know, I can tell you all sorts of secrets about some of the big artists that I've worked with that use auto-tune, that you won't be aware of it. Well, Robbie Williams, you know, I don't know how how many people in the UK listen to this, but Robbie Williams in the the early days when I was working with him uh, would do a vocal, and, you know, he's a pretty good singer, but then when he left the studio, they'd come in with this mountain of equipment because in those days, I'm talking about in the 90, late 1990s, uh, before um, auto-tune was particularly uh, famous, um, it was, you know, you needed about $50,000 $50, worth of gear to actually do it. And they would tune his voice. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he wouldn't, they wouldn't tell him, because obviously he might upset him, so they wouldn't tell him it was auto-tune. But somehow or other, what, happens, what happened to him was that, obviously, hearing his men record perfectly in tune and then when he came to maybe sing along with it you know it helped his it helped his singing actually so um it can be a good tool to use for artists to 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 see where the tuning actually should be um but anyway in the case of this track which i really like actually it's it's used to all effect and uh, i know you either love it or you hate it it's a bit like marmite i don't know whether you know about that but um you either love it or you hate it really and i i don't mind it at all but um, um Yes, it's all yeah, you know, my, my my general my general condemnation of auto tune shouldn't be, you know, maybe I went a little overboard on that. I you know I don't like it when people use it to be able to make themselves be able to sing. You know, Beyonce well, I know, you know has used it very I'll successfully. I tell you what, let's face it. You know, I often have this conversation, uh, and there are sort of um, there are there are phrases that I can't use on the radio. You know, oh, well, mind you, you've been swearing as well, but. Uh, um, you know, you can't polish a turd, actually, is one of them. It's terrible, it's yeah. terrible thing to say. Sure, exactly. But, you know, if someone can't sing and has got no voice, yeah, you can make them sound like a robot. The thing is, is that's what that heavy metal stuff is, and I find that sure. a lot worse. That's actually using a machine, uh, and, and that's the lead vocal, and it's, but it's horrible. It's absolutely nasty. I mean, how do they actually say, oh, well, that was a good one. Can you do another take? <laughs> yeah, you're getting it. You know, try it a bit lower. I mean, how do they even get chosen as the singers? I don't know what that's all about. But that's a very mechanical, horrible noise that is supposed to pass for a vocal. And I'd much rather hear um, Craig David with a bit of auto-tune or um, uh, who else uses it. Well, I mean, actually, every track, every... You know, I'll tell you a little story now, if you want to listen. I'll tell you what it is, okay? And I know it's not, it's not using auto-tune to the extent that we just heard it. But, you know, when I started off... Um, uh, making music myself, you know, as a kid, you know, uh, tuners actually weren't invented. I mean, when you wanted to tune a guitar, you 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 had to tune it to a piano or a, a pitch pipe, you know, which had about four notes on it, and you sort of keep tweaking the guitar until it's about right. And if you're in a band, you know, someone plays one note, and everyone tunes to that um, to that person. So basically, what you'd have is is everyone a little bit in tune, you know, kind of in that area. But there would be areas where, you know, maybe the guitar isn't 100% and the keyboard isn't 100% and the bass isn't 100%. And this is how the music was made in the 60s and 70s before tuners were really invented. So anyway, a tuner comes along and now everyone is tuning electronically to an electronic tuner. So now the guitar is in perfect pitch. Uh, the bass is in perfect pitch. The piano is in per- everything is perfect pitch. So now the band starts playing, and now the singer comes in, and what's he or she going to do? You know, she can't tune her voice or his voice electronically to anything. So somehow she's got to, he or he's got to fit in 
to this backtrack now, which is um, 100% uh, in tune. And, and so that's really why um, auto-tune became a big thing, because everything is so perfect, the timing's perfect, and the tuning's And any fluctuation in, uh, in a vocal, unfortunately, shows up. So that's the technical explanation, I think, for it. Um, and um, that's it. Maybe Definitely. not a lot of people that. I I thank you for taking the time to uh, to go into that detail and explain it to us. Before I let you go, we are running out of time, but one last okay. thing, you as a major producer, I know must get deluged with uh with audition tapes and demos and before we let you go, I'd like you to give us if you could a quick little comment summary on what an upcoming artist should do to approach a producer? Send me an email. Um, okay, but I, <laughs> I, I mean, when, when, you, uh, when they send you the email, they send you their demo, what do you expect from them? Do you expect them to just... Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I can talk for hours on this subject. I mean, obviously, specifically, let me just say that, uh, yeah, my, my, one of my websites is stuartapps.com. But uh, there's also another one called Epps Music Productions. Uh, so it's www.eppsmusicproductions.com. Uh, and uh, that's my latest website, really. And that's got, uh, that features many of the new artists that I'm working with. Um, you know, when I was 15 years old, uh, I went to work for Dick James, who happened to be the Beatles music publisher. And uh, I met a chap there. You know, I was the office boy. I was a pretty lowly... Uh, person there when I first joined but I met a guy with a rather strange name called Reg Dwight and uh, I, I, I fancied myself as a singer, uh, a bit of a songwriter I'd been in band since I was nine years old and that's all I wanted to be was a singer songwriter really or lead singer in a band but anyway this guy Reg is a pretty flamboyant guy, he sat down at the piano, played me a couple of his songs and I just thought you know that is something else, I'd never even heard songs like that before uh, great voice, great pianist, and, and the atmosphere that was created in that moment, I just thought, this is I'm never going to achieve this. This is something special. So I want to get involved in this guy's music, uh, never mind about mine for now. Uh, he changed his name to Elton John and went from there to selling, I don't know what he sold, maybe 300 million albums, something like that. A ton of them, yes. Yeah, we all know. He's, so I suppose, well, I thought, well, wow, I must have a good pair of ears if I noticed something about this guy actually noticing him being that good and I only heard him piano and voice and in fact I was involved in some of his piano and voice demos which uh, in those days that's what we used to do you know the artist would come in and if he's the pianist and the singer he'd lay down certainly that's what Elton John did lay down piano and voice demos and from there um, we'd create uh, the production and the arrangement and everything else before we went into the studio so it was pretty normal in those days to get that sort of thing as a demo. And um, to a certain extent, unless it's a band, obviously if it's a band and it's got to be heard as a band, well, if it's a band, I say do a rehearsal tape, just stick a microphone in the middle of the rehearsal, you know, check it back, make sure that you can hear the vocal, make sure you can hear the band, and that should be good enough as a demo. And, um, you know, if it's a singer-songwriter, if it's a guitarist-singer, then do a guitar and vocal demo. And if it's a piano, then do a piano and voice demo. And if you think you want to add a couple of harmonies or something. But, you know, what tends to happen is that um, 
because everyone's got studios on their wrists and at home and everything else, of course, that's an exaggeration, but I'm sure it's not far away. Uh, everyone's got a home studio. So, you know, people spend far too long making the demos while, while other people are having hits and getting on with their lives. There's people that are sort of struggling every day to get their demo right, to get their demo right, to send to a producer. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I prefer them to be um, as embryonic as the word that I use. I don't mind how embryonic they are. Uh, if it's a great song and if it's a great artist, then that will come through. And if it doesn't come through, then no amount of um, fairy dust or whatever you want to say on, on the demo is going to make it any better, really. Uh, and, I, and I can say that, I, you know, there was a singer. I mean, in my career, I've heard a few artists in their embryonic state. Um, Actually, Queen was one of them. Or I guess they're, they're quite well-known, aren't they? So I heard their first records before they were released. Again, I thought that was pretty good. Mind you, that wasn't, that wasn't too embryonic. That was, um, No, that was no, it cool. definitely wasn't. But you put it very well, and uh, we're running out of time, so I've got to cut oh, this short. Okay. Well, I, I, I would love now. to have you come back on the show and talk more whenever you're available. We'd definitely love to hear from you. And uh, right, no we will be having our Christmas show next month. So we're going to wrap it up for the day. Thank our guests. Thank you, Mr. Stuart Epps, for spending so much time with us and, and all the work you put into it. Also, thank you, Michael Ray Robinson, Villa Avenue, and, of course, our guests, our uh, contestants for their submissions. And uh, we wish you all the very best. Thank you again. John Bon Jovial, take us home. Yes, sir. Thank you, Stuart, so very much. It has been Really wonderful to have you on board with us and uh, providing us with your expertise. Uh, it's been great. It really has. Uh, we just uh, want to remind you, uh, don't forget to order your official Lee David Bowers uh, T-shirts, and you can find them on our website, which is www.thedavidbowers.com. Uh, and artists, be sure to submit your EPKs to the uh, our email address, which is david at thedavidbowers.com, for a chance to appear on our show. The David Bowers Awards is produced by The David Bowers for Stick It In Your Ear Productions from the studios of Computer Help USA in Naples, Florida, and also our studios along the Colorado River in beautiful Bullhead City, Arizona. Uh, we are available for free download worldwide on Blog Talk Radio, also on iTunes, uh, 365 Internet Radio, CMG Global Radio, BFM, that's B-E-E-F-M, and Renegade Femme Radio. Click the follow link on our Blog Talk Radio page and like The David Bowers on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and uh, uh, and, and just, you know, if you really need some more information, you can always go to thedavidbowers.com. Be sure to join us for the David Bowers Awards Sunday, December 13th at 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 11 a.m. Pacific for our extravaganza Christmas wish list special. And we're going to have some surprise guests, plus all kinds of stuff that we probably haven't even thought of yet, and who knows if we ever will. Be sure to follow the David Bowers online and find out everything first, maybe even before we do. So until then, for the David Bowers Awards, uh, Nick Rogers, our engineer, Hopalong Sarcassity, and all of the uh, crew of rejects, this is John Bon Jovial saying stay safe everybody have a wonderful Thanksgiving and we'll see you next time from the David Bowers Awards